Welcome to the Chronify Podcast. This is Ben Miller. In today's episode, titled Wealth 3.0, I dive into the details of a new age that's dawning in the way that we view wealth. Before we get to that, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone you love. Now, let's get to the episode. At different times in our history, wealth has meant different things. From cowrie shells to cryptocurrency, money has gone through different phases. However, at least in the Western world, and particularly in America, there's always been a simple one-word answer to the question of how much money a person wants to have. More. The astute listener may notice the sleight of hand there. We started off by mentioning wealth, but then quickly transitioned to talking about money. It's important to note that wealth and money are not the same thing. In the United States, we've gotten a particularly warped view of the relationship between the two based on our experience in World War II. The war and its aftermath resulted in a boom in spending, which is money changing hands, but the U.S. was fairly unique in having the luxury of maintaining a massive stock of wealth during the war, while other countries were reduced to rubble. The bottom line is that money is always and everywhere only valuable insofar as it can be exchanged for wealth. That being said, the way we understand our wealth has gone through three distinct phases, culminating in a new awakening, a new technology of sorts that puts past approaches to rest where they belong. I'm not talking about blockchain. I'm not even talking about Chronify. I'm talking about what it's all about. Keep listening. Wealth 1.0, the game. Wealth 1.0 was, and still is, a stage in which people saw wealth as a game to be played. The time on the clock was your lifespan, and the scorecard was your net worth. It's from this approach to wealth that we get the phrase, he who dies with the most toys wins. For our grandparents and great-grandparents who experienced the Great Depression and its legacy, it was perfectly understandable to view wealth in this way. Wealth was hard to get, And what better protection could there be against going without than assembling a massive stockpile? It's telling that during the dark age of the Depression, one of the foremost fears that haunted working-age people was that of idleness. Productive work was understood to be a privilege, and turning down the opportunity to engage in it was downright wasteful. These generations often scrimped and saved, amassing meaningful fortunes to preclude destitution not only for themselves, but also for their unborn progeny. For people who have lived through want, plenty is its own reward. But for subsequent generations who have never really known want in that way, that belief structure has lost its charm. It's important to note that increasing income does bring increasing happiness, to a point. After a certain threshold, the effect peters out and you're left on a hamster wheel, making more and more money and wondering why your happiness is not keeping pace. Wealth righteously earned is a noble goal, and it opens a lot of doors, but past a certain point, it becomes a perversion of our survival instinct. The same red meat that in small doses gave us the protein to survive out on the savanna is now in large doses killing us by the hundreds of thousands every year through heart disease. Now, Wealth 2.0, the race. As our society became more and more affluent, it became more and more obvious that running up the score and filling up your bank account was not a route to life satisfaction. For the first time, people had the luxury of wondering whether 9 to 5 till you're 65 was all it was cracked up to be. Finally, it dawned on us as a society that enough 
just might be a concept we should investigate when it came to wealth. That ushered in a new approach. In Wealth 2.0, the goal of running up the score was replaced by the goal of accelerating toward the finish line of retirement. If Wealth 1.0 was a game, Wealth 2.0 was a race. This mode of thought was especially strong in places like the FIRE movement. It's right in the name, financial independence, retire early. Instead of maximizing the amount of money in their bank accounts, Wealth 2.0 acolytes tried to solve for how much money they needed and then minimize the amount of time it took to get there. This led to a long overdue resurgence in the virtue of frugality, but some people took it to a bit of an extreme. I've got nothing against hashtag van life, and if that's how much it really costs to make you happy, then lucky you. But most people prefer a more moderate course. One of the biggest problems with the retire ASAP mentality is the boring middle. This is the period of time between the exhilaration of getting started and the satisfaction of achieving the goal. In the boring middle, the primary feeling can be one of exhaustion as you go through the motions of living a life that is only a means to an end. Some of the smarter fire writers were quick to point out that it's important not just to retire from something, but more importantly to retire to something. What good is freedom if you're not able to enjoy it? The problem with Wealth 2.0 is that when taken to an extreme, this race to the finish line is a recipe for burnout followed by boredom. As an added kick in the rear, it can result in throwing away the best years of your life, grinding it out for a better tomorrow. Now we come to Wealth 3.0, the dance. The search for the proper approach to wealth continued. Running up the score wasn't it, since there was no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Racing to the finish line wasn't it either, since it wasn't fun to go as fast as possible, and many people fell off the wagon along the way. We're now on the cusp of a new awakening in the world of personal finance. If Wealth 1.0 was a game, and Wealth 2.0 was a race, Wealth 3.0 is a dance. Instead of maximizing money or minimizing time, Wealth 3.0 leads us to focus on enjoying the ride and savoring the well-earned privilege of following our energy. It's not just do-what-you-love hocus-pocus. It's a responsible and measured approach to living, whose goal is not to do better than everyone else or to go faster than everyone else, but to do the best you can with what you've got while enjoying the ride. On the dance floor, it's not a competition for who can dance to the most songs. And if you try to do as many dance moves as possible in the first half of the night, you'll wind up sweaty and miserable. You're there to enjoy yourself, so move to the rhythm and savor the opportunity to be there in the first place. This is about sustainability. Timing your actions right so that you can not only have fun right now, but also for the rest of your life. You're not doing what you're doing only to get paid, but money's flowing in as a byproduct of doing something that you find worthwhile. You are enabled to responsibly pull forward the first fruits of retirement and enjoy every step of the way there. You're spending your days with people you care about, with whom you enjoy sharing your one and only life. You're working on projects that interest you. You're solving for financial independence eventually and happiness ASAP along the way. You're enjoying every step as you dance to the beat of a life well-planned. It's having your money taken care of so you're not burdened by anxiety while you're out there on the floor. 
It's knowing that it's okay to take a break. It's not a race and it's not a competition. So when it's time to rest, you rest. In this approach to wealth, when a problem comes your way, you don't see it as a mountain to summit. You see it as a song to dance to, and you opt in for the joy of doing what you were meant to do. The goal in Wealth 3.0 is not a higher score or a faster victory, but an ever better lived life. From game to race to dance, we've come a long way. And there's no denying that we're in an incredibly privileged position relative to our forebears and also relative to much of the rest of the world for having the luxury to keep changing our concept of wealth, ascending higher and higher up the pyramid of needs as we do so. We've gone from seeking money to seeking freedom to seeking fulfillment here and now. Wealth 3.0 is not about pretending there's no tomorrow. It's about getting your ducks in a row so you can responsibly savor the present moment and bring your best self to it. You can build a sustainable and strong path to getting where you want to be while enjoying every step along the way. It used to be enough to run as far away from destitution as possible. Not anymore. For a while, it seemed like it might be enough to run toward freedom as fast as possible. But it turns out that can result in a lot of pain and waste. It's far better to run at a steady pace and give yourself the financial breathing room to truly dive into the present moment without worrying about money. The true measure of wealth is not the size of your bank account or the length of your retirement. It's the number of truly good days you get to live, whatever that means for you. Save. Plan for the future. Work hard, hopefully on meaningful problems. But do these things in a measured way. And while you're at it, don't forget to be here now and dance to the beat. Thanks a lot for listening. If you're interested in learning more about how to put your finances in their proper place, check out chronify.com. We'd love to help you out.